Good evening. This is The Material Report, hosted by your host, Florence Ion, and I'm joined here by Andy Anako. Hello, Andy. How are you? Hello, Flo. I guess we're having presence on our microphones today, so... Yes, I had originally said that we would come in with our middle names, but well, well, no, this this is good too. We can pretend that we're like a one a.m. jazz program on NPR, but we're not because we're actually first thing in the morning. (laughs) Yes, exactly for both for both of us. I mean, in in a sense, Um, which is cool because it's so so it's like a little after nine a.m. your time. It's a little mm -hmm. afternoon my time. And we both have been about up for probably about an hour and have just had breakfast. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. I just <laughs> finished my yogurt with probiotic granola. Welcome to your 30s, kids. <laughs> you know, over here, I'm still on my first cup of coffee. Uh, so you know, it's this is this is good because now this will really lend a little more credence to our catch up at the beginning of the podcast. So. So, folks, since we are catching up, um, I, I would like I would like to start us off with a little story of my foolery and uh, and absolute. I just, I sometimes I need to be put in my place, and I I don't mind admitting that. So, yesterday I bought a smartwatch. Now, this is a big deal that I bought a smartwatch. <laughs> Andy looked at me, by the way, just in case anybody's wondering, um, through the Skype window. Uh, yesterday, I bought a smartwatch. So I remembered that the Galaxy Watch Active went on sale. And after I had worn it for a little bit at the Samsung event, I realized, holy cow, I think this might finally be the Android-compatible uh, smartwatch that I want to wear. Like, I think this is it. I loved the band. I loved the color of the chassis. And so I said, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to buy that when it comes out. Uh, Okay. So I did. Yesterday, I bought it. I didn't want to wait for it to ship because it was sold out on Amazon. (laughs) So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get in my car. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to pay bridge toll. Okay. So I'm going to, because I have to cross the bridge to go to where all the great shopping suburban shopping malls are. Actually, no, I take that back. I would have gone here on the little peninsula where I live, but they didn't have it in stock because I checked. So I ended up going to Best Buy, I should say. So I ended up going to Best Buy because you could check on their stock and all this. And I bought it online at a store on the other side of the bridge. I said, I'm going to go put, put my money back into, you know, local tax, like Local taxes. I'm keeping like people uh, employed. Support like, local big box stores. Right, exactly. It's, well, I, mean, it's, I don't. It's it's technic. <laughs> you're technically supporting look because that store employs people who live kids. in your area. So yes, exactly. I'm supporting suburban kids who want to get the hell out of here and go on somewhere else. I was there once. Okay, I completely understand yep. their plight. So this is what I tell myself when I have to go to the store. And so I had ordered it online and I paid for it and everything. And my husband and I decided that we would go for a walk after I went to go pick it up yesterday. And (laughs) he's like, hey, you should probably bring your wallet with you. They'll probably need your ID. And I was like, nah, I don't. We're going for a walk. I was like, (laughs) I don't want to take my stuff with me. I'm just going to bring my phone. No, I sometimes I can be a bit of an entitled brat. Okay. I come from, I was raised, born and raised in the suburbs. And 
you know, I had to, I had to really train myself <laughs> after I left the suburbs to remember that there's more people around me <laughs> than I, than just the ticky tacky houses that were surrounding me at the time. Uh, and so I went to that Best Buy and they would not give me my watch. It was just, <laughs> it was right there. I bought the rose gold with the pink bands. I just went full on pink, pink, pink. Cause I said, you know what? <laughs> Summer's coming and like all the bright colors are going to come out. So, you know, I'll, I'll go dark by next fall if I keep it. So anyway, I just wanted to tell you all the story of how, I, how I was way too entitled because I ended up. I did kind of kick myself in the butt yesterday because the Best Buy employee was like, I'm sorry, ma'am. Like, we can't, we can't, I can't give this to you. Like, you could be anybody. And I was like, what if I show you one of my articles? <laughs> oh, and my husband called me out on that when we, when we got, we left the Best Buy and we got to the card. He's like, did you seriously just be like, I have articles? And I was like, I know. I was like, I know. I feel so bad. I'm like, I deserve this. No, I, I have. Don't I have be one, like me, folks. I have one or two notes. Okay. <laughs> Andy, you still love, like, we're still friends, right? No, 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 like, no. no. <laughs> Absolutely. The thing, the, the thing is, it's like, like any muscle, uh, like paying for things, retail, atrophies, <laughs> if you don't keep using it. Yeah, you know, that's true. That's so it's like the things that are down to muscle memory. Now you have to think through all the steps. So this is this is why the the fact that you are in an unfamiliar, disorienting environment <laughs> is probably why it didn't occur to you that, well, I don't have my wallet, but I do have my phone, which means, <laughs> number yeah. one, I can just use my phone to, like, uh, cancel this purchase and then just actually go to the <laughs> go and like to another aisle pick up a physical watch and pay for it with my phone here that's true that's true so what's what's the second one the second one is just that we we have a, a, a we have a relationship with our wallets today that our parents would not have understood both for the story that you just told and also the time when uh uh, I left my I left my house without my phone, and had some errands to run. And I'm not saying that I was panicked. I was just like, "Oh my god, I have to like buy all this stuff using only the things that are in my wallet, i.e., credit cards and cash." I hope I can get through the day. <laughs> with, and I'm not talking about oh no, I don't have uh, I can't text I can't receive text and oh no, I won't have access to maps or Uber. It was literally just ooh, that means that I'm gonna have to like buy my train ticket using some of the hundred and twenty dollars in cash uh, and the credit cards I have in my wallet. And when I get to the city, I'm probably going to have to you know, buy lunch using part of the $120 in cash and the credit cards that I have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So. Wow, Andy, you carry a lot of cash with you. I'm lucky if I have 20 bucks some floating around somewhere in my purse <laughs> <laughs> these days. Like cash? What is cash? See, I, because I live in the suburbs here. Well, actually, okay. I live in a small town. I don't actually live in the suburbs. Okay, the houses here don't all look the same. Just kidding. I'm sorry to everybody who I just offended by saying that. Um, my house looks exactly the same as the one next to me, for what it's worth. Uh, <laughs> foot and mouth disease. Hello, I am Flo and I'm your host. <laughs> 
Anyway, I just wanted to start this podcast off by by just admitting one of my sins, which was that I was an entitled brat yesterday when I went to Best Buy. But you made me feel a little bit better because I realized that it's true. My muscle memory is not about bringing my things with me anymore. It literally all I carry on me these days because I usually am just like in yoga pants and like a giant sweatshirt because honestly, it's the most comfortable way to live. Yep. Uh in life, I usually just have my phone and a chapstick on me and my keys. Like, that's it. Um, got it. You got to keep your lips moisturized and safe <laughs> from the sun. Okay. Uh, but, you know, anyway, today, I, after we are finished today recording this podcast, I'm going to go in the car and cross the bridge again and go get my watch. And then next week, I'll have more to talk about. Finally, maybe maybe I'll actually like be a wearables person again by next week. Who's, who knows? Anything could change a week from now. And you could probably like stick the chapstick under the band. So now all you need is your smartwatch. So That's you'll, you'll, you'll have tap to pay. You'll have, unsh- you'll have wax on your lips. And you'll have uh, like a the the, the Terminator Three uh, custom watch face or whatever. I was, you know, I was just thinking. What are, I don't know, Andy, if you remember, but sometimes they they put a lip gloss with a flip up top. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if smartwatches? Now this is a this is an idea. Anybody wants to take it, feel free. Smartwatches that flip up to reveal a lip gloss. Would sell millions. I think I think you have something there. And then you can buy refillable trays. So the trays are magnetic because obviously you don't want the gook in there like staying there forever. It will get gross after a while. So then you could replace it by buying refills. There we go. I... Well, also, also, you know, you can, <laughs> you can replace it with like your spring colors. Exactly. Your there you go. Uh, you also go like uh, if Motorola really wants to make a go of this like replaceable backs concept, they forget about the game controller, forget about the camera. It's like there's a back that has like compartments for like skin moisturizer, uh, chapstick, and just like squeeze a, a, a sunscreen, and it just squeezes it like directly a good dollop right onto your hand. Doesn't even have to be complicated. You can just have like plastic bags and like rollers on the inside that you manually squish. Uh, somebody please take our idea. Our t- our time our, our our talents are wasted in journalism. Yeah, some I do something. Which is which like is that. saying something given how talented we are at mm-hmm. journalism. Yeah, that's true. Mm. That's true. So did you uh I got a uh, I got a clearly a spam email that uh if people who are not as savvy as I uh would not have recognized that getting an email saying, "Hey, we're just going to send you a free Google Home Mini for really no reason whatsoever." And clearly, it's just a phishing thing. Where if I click the link, really? first of all, it's going to download like all kinds of malware. And I've got oh, I've got to open a PDF that's unsigned. Oh, sure. And oh, well, just to just to verify that it's me, I have to provide my social security number to get this free Google Home Mini. Well, uh, well, you know what? It tur- it turns out that it was actually an email from Google saying that thank you for subscribing to Google One at the that's this this. They for some reason they decided to call the same thing that I've been uh, the same two terabytes of storage that I've been a Google Drive storage I've been paying for for a long long time and now mm-hmm. rebranded as Google One and said thank you for subscribing to Google One for for the whole first year we're sending we can we're sending you a Google Home Mini as a thank you gift 
and it literally was took you a link to <laughs> link to the Google store where you choose the color and with with a promo code built in that's that gives you a fifty dollar discount off of it, and even the shipping is paid for. Wait, really? Really? Yep. This is this is legit, and other people have been getting this too. So apparently, if you're subscribing to Google One uh, for a for if you've done it for a year, because they they I think they made the change about a year ago, and you're on the two terabyte or more plan, so oh. you're spending at least ten bucks a month. Then no, I'm a cheaper. <laughs> Yeah. We spend a dollar a month <laughs> uh, for 100 megabytes, which is like, oh, wow, really, Flo? That's all you think you need? But listen, folks. You can save many, but not most of your text messages on that storage plan. Uh, I u- mostly use it for my invoices. So I just figure that's where, where they will all live. I mm. guess I decided to entrust Google with all of my financial documents. No biggie. <laughs> My taxes are in there too, so please Google. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be saying this on the podcast. You might, you might anyway. want to turn on two-factor authentication. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. So the thing is, the the only problem is that, like, I now I I, I kind of think that I now officially have too many Google Home devices. I already have a Google Home Mini, like on the nightstand, uh, and I was I was already like thinking. Uh, I'm thinking that I I really wish that you could pair arbitrary Google Homes into stereo pairs. I'm not sure if you can. I know you can obviously do it with the Google Home Max, but uh, the thing about ways to do it, I, I did deliberately buy it in the same white pebble color that I've got on the other one, so that like I could on the on the like the really really comfy chair in the living room that like I watch TV and read in like late at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and often because I'll, I might be like listening to music until like two or three in the morning, I'll put on headphones so I don't disturb other people. And it'd be nice to have these like two, like on each, either side of my head, just like sort of sewn in, like into pockets that are in sort of the headrest so that I can get like a full stereo sort of effect without wearing headphones. But I know, I know I could pair them, pair them into a group, but I mm-hmm. want to pair them into like a stereo pair. Mm-hmm. I see. So you mean that you don't want to have to select a home group every time, like casting no, I mean, a home group? I, I mean that uh, rather than getting the same mono signal out of uh, each of these two speakers on either side of my head, I want to get left channel, right channel. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So if so if I have like if I have these two Google Home Minis on like the left nightstand and the right hand nightstand, I could like get stereo sound field around. Right. So Bohemian Rhapsody, you'd actually hear like, you know, one singer over there and one singer over there. Galileo over there. Galileo on the other side. Uh Galileo on Uh the other side and so forth. So, but but that's, yeah. And so granted, it's, it's just weird that there, there, there's something going on with these Google home minis. That like they are there. It's it's they they They're really propagating have, like triples. They, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. They just like, reproduce. I was, was going to say. Well, I was going to use a reference that are that might go beyond the beyond the the reach of like the younger millennials. But kids, they used to have these things called uh, America Online sign up CDs. 
Ah, uh, yes, I where, remember those. They were where, very like, much every, a part of every magazine. Like you pick, you you take it out of the mailbox, you take off the newsstand, and like it flops in like a stiff way. And, oh God, there's an AOL CD, sign up CD here, isn't isn't it? And like next to the free newspapers at every coffee shop, there'd be a stack of these things. And I think that we're really, really close to having that. Just every time you buy a bagel, there'll be there'll be like a, a, a zip tied <laughs> to it a, a Google Home Mini. I don't know. Uh, so I actually have been, I mean, I've been talking about how I've been subtracting things in my house and like rework, organizing everything. Uh, so I actually have ended up with a couple of minis that I'm just, I'm not using the minis at all because I said, if I'm going to have these things connected in the house, they need to be worthy of playing music at a volume that I find good <laughs> at a volume that, that pleases me. And I just didn't like the sound coming out of the Google home minis. I mean, it was just very, it just felt very mono as you said so they're currently in a basket by my front door and uh i have already found owners for them so they they're basically (laughs) uh kittens i've been fostering and now that they have been prepared for the next house i've cleaned them and they're just waiting they're just waiting by the front door until the next people i see to give like to give it to them one is going to my mom and one is going to another friend so and this is also just my way of trying to get people into this and just kind of see how they respond to it. So, you know, it's, it's the, that's the understanding, the social contract between my friends and I, they know what I do for a living. Sometimes they get to benefit from what I do for a living and in ways where they get to play with cool stuff or like get some of my hand-me-down cool stuff, you know? Uh, and I get to just repeatedly pummel them with questions and check in with them so that I can come up with story ideas. So really, it's it's a win-win for both both parties. Hmm. It's too, it's too bad you don't like live in an apartment building like with a like a shared ductwork system. Because if I if I did and I were in that situation, one of the ideas that would occur to me is that I'm going to like get like a really long like 20 foot pole and an extension cord, and I'm going to shove one of these like way 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 deep 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 into the territory of like one of my neighbors uh that's and it'll be still like within reach of my wi-fi network and just whenever i've whenever i'm like whenever they're cooking something really really stinky Mm -hmm. and they're really it's really really uh impacting my joie de vivre any sort of fish sorry (laughs) exactly I, i i would i would just start you know putting ghost sounds in there Thing. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paprika, you're calling the demons back from the hoary grave. Vengeance, vengeance. It's a good. You have a good ghost impression. Yes, impression. <laughs> He's looking around the room. <laughs> Well, is it now? Uh, did, did you see the Captain Marvel movie? Yes, I did. I saw it last Thursday night. Uh, it was a great ride. It was a great ride. I like. I, I I didn't see it. I I support it. I'm glad it exists. I've just been burned by too many Marvel movies, and that's fair. I, that's and that that doesn't mean it's there. Don't it doesn't mean that Marvel movies are bad. Just that. I'm incompat either a. I'm incompatible with their storytelling machinery. Just as every story is a machine, as a machine for telling a story, not that it's a machine-made story, uh, or 
I'm just too long. A, I'm the sort of comics reader that's like, uh, I just don't. Yeah, uh, it's too. There's too too much. Ex, there's too much explosions and too much. Yeah. Anyway. I should... Okay. In terms of story, just because we're on this subject very quickly, in terms of story, I'm going to give you all my opinion here. My like five second movie review. In terms of story, I did not think that the story was very well fleshed out. I thought See, it was very choppy. Yeah. Which, and as a as a writer, as a person whose life I've been. Uh, for my entire life, I've been writing stories since I was very little. So I know what a good story is. And the story of the woman is very, of the woman of Captain Marvel is very interesting, like universally overall. But the story that I saw last week, while it was a very fun ride, extremely fun ride and a great way to spend a Thursday night with a bunch of strangers in a giant <laughs> auditorium, uh, I definitely felt like it was a bit of a choppy movie. And in terms of like narrative, I thought... Out of all the Marvel movies, um, I still I maintain that Black Panther was one of the the better put together narratives in terms of like even Black Panther had like fa- had faltered a little bit in places. It's because like anyway, I'll, we're, this is not a Marvel podcast, no, but, but I'll, 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 <laughs> I have I'll, opinions too. All I'll, all I'll say is is that like the when I was seeing Marvel movies. Even the first Marvel movie that, like, again, Marvel Studios movie I saw. Yeah. It's like there's a lot of, like, in Act 1 or Act 2, it's like, hey, hey uh, Cap- Captain Drywall, we're ha- we're all having fun, like, in the pool. Let's all, why don't you jump in? So, oh, no, I, I, I can't because, like, my body is totally water-soluble because I'm an alien from this other planet. And then, like, in the dramatic, like, Act 4, it's, like, raining, 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 and he doesn't care. And he's like diving into puddles, like, "Hey, wait! I'll, it's not like a dramatic. Oh, I'm gonna conquer my fears." Like, no, the screen, the movie just forgot that they had already said that he's completely water soluble and that water will kill him. Like, oh, and that's that's. I felt I keep feeling that things like that, and plus things that would be like in, in it, things like in a normal movie where it's like, wow. Here, here's a huge, huge mystery that we really want you to think very hard about. Like, wow! So we're gonna, so we're gonna, we're gonna uh, f- find out what like uh, with, with the 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 it opens with uh, this billionaire like saying the word rosebud, and the whole movie is about this. Uh, the there's a whole character whose only job it is to find out why he said rosebud, and then like, oh, we never find out like why he said. Ro- oh, okay. We're going to find that out like eight years from now in another movie. They were just, uh, okay. Anyway. But still a fun ride. It's still a fun <laughs> ride. Yeah, exactly. It's like, just <laughs> just like if you if I were to name my favorite movies, you could find things that were don't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, my like, favorite show is Zen or 2 and 0. So. Exactly. So, I'm not, so again, I'm not. <laughs> I love it. I love some, some, for, some It bugs some people. I'm one of those people. It doesn't bug other people. That's fine. Exactly. But, uh, but where where this ties into Google is that yes. <laughs> so uh, there there are there are very very sad little people out there as anybody yes. who's been outside <laughs> will know and also on the internet but also this is why I tend to keep indoors as much as possible but yeah so uh, the star of Captain Marvel <laughs> Brie Larson apparently uh, at some point suggested that maybe. In addition to the plethora of white dudes that uh, were interviewing her in, for promotion to the movie, 
maybe in addition to those people, there could be additional non-white dudes, uh, uh, non-white non-dudes. Um, and this was picked up by sad little people saying he wants she, she, she's anti-men. She wants like uh, she wants to, to like she's, she's saying that this isn't a movie for any white guys out there. They're trying to exclude us. Like when has any white dude been excluded from anything by society ever? But so which has led to which led to a campaign of like let's preload. Rotten Tomatoes with negative reviews, and let's have lots right. and lots of. So, uh, but the so Google search did something kind of interesting uh, close to the launch of the Captain Marvel movie, where they kind of like they recertified the search term Brie Larson from just a search term to a uh, a newsworthy item, mm. which sort of clicks in like another level of scrutiny for the search engine, saying that well, this is a news item, which means that just some rando blogging about this topic is not enough we're going to make this top search uh, items news sources like the washington post like variety.com so that doesn't matter how popular like some sort of really hateful screed is Mm -hmm. it's still going to be buried down below people who are actually talking seriously and, and, and fairly about this sort of stuff which is definitely definitely a step in the right direction and part of the additional responsibility that companies like google kind of have to take on these days given that they are they're a private company with a private search product that is necessary that is nonetheless part of our public infrastructure yeah but you know that this is going to be taken by a lot of censorship right yeah i don't know people don't understand what censorship is i know okay censor censorship is I say something, I make fun of Donald Trump's hair, and then suddenly I'm not on any podcasts, and my family doesn't know what happened to me and is begging anybody for any information about the van that some Which, one, by the way has happened yeah just fyi people exactly um, that, this is what this is what happens in the world this is when the, yeah. when a government says that you can't inside of the safe bubbles of the suburbs yeah <laughs> When 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 a government says uh, basically blocking all conversation about Winnie the Pooh, because some people compared the chairman of your communist party to to physical attributes to Winnie the Pooh, who is one of the most adorable of the Disney yeah. characters, adorable, and that's that is censorship. When I run a company. And I own things and I did make a decision about what gets published on my platform and or if I just simply decide that, oh, I'm certainly going to let people find it, but I'm not going to promote necessarily something because it's maybe it might be hate speech. That's not censorship. When when The Simpsons decides to, you know, that episode in which a character who is guest voiced by Michael Jackson spends half the episode interacting in a, uh, uh, privately with Bart Simpson, that doesn't read the same way today as it did back in season two or season three. We're just going to pull this old episode because we don't like that. That's oh. not censorship. They own the episode. They're not. Yes. Go- they're not sending bots out there to recall every single <sighs> Simpsons DVD. So this is also. It's not about you. <laughs> when when Brie Larson is is saying these things, she a lot, uh, part of the problem is I think people thinking that taking it as oh she's I'm a white guy she's speaking to me that I don't deserve to be part of this press pool. 
you're not even part of the press. You were never going to be invited to interview Brie Larson. You're, you, it's not even I'm going to be invited to interview Brie Larson. Do you know how hard it is to yeah. get a job in mainstream media? It's like you're not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not speaking as uh, I, I can speak from. I can speak not on behalf of this group, but as a <laughs> member of this group of white dudes. Okay, I feel no obligation whatsoever to feel badly about. Uh, pers- to feel personally guilty about the awful things that white dudes have historically done across the world to ensure that this is a white dude world and that everybody else has to work harder to get the same things that, uh, the, 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 excuse me, rather than uh, I am born, uh, when I am born, uh, society does not put additional bricks in my backpack that they choose to put in the backpacks of anybody who is non-white or not a dude. I don't feel guilty at all about that. I'm, uh, I don't myself again. I know that I didn't create, I didn't start the fire, so to speak. I can, but I, I feel as important to speak, uh, in to speak to to crush this thing that society is doing, but I don't feel personally guilty about it. And I don't feel as though Brie Larson is trying to make me feel personally guilty about it. I don't feel as though Brie Larson is trying to punish me for whatever. I feel as though she is making a really, really good case. Every time that uh, I'm at an event, I do notice that it is (laughs) a lot of white dudes here. There's a lot of reasons. There are a lot of reasons why the line to the bathroom for, for yeah. y'all, it's just really long. I'm. Yeah. I mean, we have room in the women's bathroom. <laughs> like, please. Uh, Gender is a construct. This is, this is why I often travel with one of those. You know how, like, uh, the more like uh, forward-thinking uh, organizations and restaurants and stuff have changed their like men's room and yeah. women's room placards to whatever. Mm-hmm. Just don't pee on the floor. Yeah. So I, I, I carry one of those just like in, in my laptop bag, so that if like the men's room is a little bit dirty. I'll just like sort of like sneak up and like slap that over the women's room tile and then, you know, pretend, oh, I'm sorry. I saw a like whatever sticker up up there. So I thought that my mistake, obviously, I wasn't just I didn't want to. It's not as though I was disgusted by the state of what every men's room is like and wanted to pee in a cloud of lavender for the first time in a restaurant. Uh, just by the way, that's anyway. <laughs> It's, it's I'll, just not no, I'll, like just, I'll just note P uh, in a cloud of lavender as a possible show title. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that actually, you're making me want, I should put an essential oil diffuser in my bathroom, actually. I'm going to do that after the show. I want my bathroom to smell like lavender. Good idea, Andy. You can activate it with your smartwatch, I bet. I bet, that, I bet that's a home automation actually, thing. I actually can, Andy, because it's <laughs> app connected. Uh, uh, of course it is. It's my house. Uh, okay, very quickly, before before we head into our ad uh, for this episode, Andy, I have some unfortunate news to leave you with before we go into the ad, uh, which is that the no connection to the internet dino mini game, which was turned into a physical play set that was announced last week. It was going around... Twitter threads, it was going around the Android community. The no connection to the internet, that's that dino game that you see when uh, Chrome basically doesn't have connection to the internet. They show the little game, hey, why don't you play a game while you wait for the world to turn back on? Because it's an attempt at distracting you. So Dead Zebra, which is actually, they, they sell a lot of limited edition like Android swag, like figurines and such. And so they released this playset, this 
physical dino mini game. Uh, but unfortunately, it's like completely sold out. Yeah, they sold it went on it went on sale on Monday. It was sold out by yesterday afternoon, and and you get like a, a three inch like plastic dinosaur that looks exactly like the little bitmap dinosaur mm -hmm. and you get like plastic cacti for like which to jump mm -hmm. to jump the mr dinosaur over and you even get like a printed the box has like the there's no connection to the internet you know you check your connection error so that you can put that behind while you jump the plastic dinosaur because I, which i thought was very forward thinking because if you're ha if like if you're if in the, you're in the middle of like a huge huge winter storm and your and your internet gets knocked out. Your power might get knocked out as well. And there, mm -hmm. then, where are you? You could still play the mini game. Uh, exactly. Now, yeah. I so I I read about this like last week, and I got so excited about it that I had Google Assistant remind me to like, okay, it goes on sale at eleven a.m. on Monday. Google Assistant, please remind me at ten thirty about this. And then I also had Wonderlist <laughs> do that as well. And I was I was there <laughs> on time. It was for sale, and I had to, uh, I didn't buy it because I realized. See, the the thing is, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a freelance journalist in a rapidly collapsing mm -hmm. market, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I dis and which doesn't mean that I can't spend twenty five dollars on something fun that gives me joy. Mm -hmm. However. It means that they're limited. I feel as though it's responsible of me to limit the number of times I spend $25 on a fun thing that gives me joy. And I realized that I already had sort of like $50 set aside for another thing that was going to give me a little fun thing that was going to give me. Adafruit has this new sort of like all-in-one circuit python uh <laughs> controller plus built-in touchscreen display plus 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 that looks like it'll be a lot of fun to like play with and make projects with that I can't necessarily justify as something I need but see this is this is where it's nice to be able to self-delude yourself and make these deals with yourself saying that I know you want the little you you want the dinosaur action playset and you want that $20 vinyl LP you, f you saw on Kickstarter where it's just 20 minutes of complete silence per side and what if what if you buy neither I I seriously and it's not and it's not like a blank LP either. It is actually the cut a groove oh of silence. God. Yeah, and I know. I got, know, Andy. And it got and it, well, it got it got my imagination because it's like you know, I actually think that because uh, LP when you play a physical record, it's never silent. There's always like little pops and like as, mm -hmm. as the needle makes its way through. That sounds like it would actually be quite tranquil to listen to, like for 20 minutes when I need like sort of a little mental sorbet mm -hmm. uh, to like go calm down and stuff like. That. So I, I made this deal with myself that said that if you don't buy the $25 Dino game action playset and you don't buy the $20 silence LP, then I will, I meaning the responsible dad voice part of my brain, I will not put up any argument against you buying the $50 Adafruit uh, circuit Python like action playset. So. Oh boy. Well, which, which technically is a win. Technically yeah. is a win. I put it on my birthday list, so we'll see. <laughs> I got two months. I got two months of waiting. So we'll see what uh, birthday Santa brings me <laughs> this spring. Uh, all right, let's, let's jump into our ad. 
This episode is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. And you can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. Linode serves customers with the help of 10 data centers across the globe. And they're about to add more. Mumbai, India, and Toronto, Canada will both have data centers before 2020. Linode features native SSD storage, a 40 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors, meaning you're able to serve your customers even faster than before. And so you don't have to stress about overspending, Linode has designed its pricing tiers to feature hourly billing, with the added bonus of a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services, such as backups and node balancers. And right now, Linode's hiring! If you want to learn more and check out what they're looking for, just go to linode.com slash careers. Linode has pricing options to suit everybody. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. And Linode have a special offer for you. As a listener of this show, you can go to linode.com slash material and use promo code material2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that's four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So give Linode a try today. That's linode.com slash material and promo code material2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right. So this next topic is definitely a lot more intricate than our chat <laughs> at the beginning <laughs> of this podcast. So those of you who do not live in the United States, we're just going to briefly kind of tell you... We're talking a lot about what's going on here in U.S. politics because tech is getting really big here. It's become tech has become a part of political theater here in the United States. Uh, you cannot have an election without talking about what you're going to do about tech. And because we are due for an election later next year in 2020, the campaigning has now begun. And so we have politicians who are coming out of the woodworks and sharing all of their opinions on all of the things and because it's a hot topic right now, uh, we're talking about tech, right? We had all this stuff happen with Facebook. We had all this stuff happen with Google. And so naturally, we've got politicians who want to weigh in on it uh, in an attempt to lure voters, which, quite frankly, is the way to campaign. So here we go. So first up, uh, first up, we have, well, the only one we're going to talk about is uh, <laughs> Senator Warren. So Elizabeth Warren, you may have heard about her. Uh, she is a senator in Massachusetts. That is Andy's home. Uh, what did you call it, Andy? Not well, a state. It again. It is not a Massachusetts. It's not a state. It is a commonwealth. Okay. Anyway. We are a simple Puritan fishing colony. That's mm -hmm. done good. Right. Again, uh, see, see, refer you. I refer you back to the evils that white men do. Seeing how good <laughs> the city of Boston and the Massachusetts Bay Colony did is a case in point. Also, look up the California missions. Anyway, <laughs> so Elizabeth Warren, now, thank I, you I all don't, for tuning I don't in. Want, if, if all the all the honkies <laughs> listening to this podcast, oh my, we're honkies. we're honkies ourselves, okay? And I, this is not an anti-honky podcast, okay? So I don't, I don't want you to feel badly. To use that word. 
Well, well, no, no, no. See, we are allowed. We are honkies. We're allowed. To, we're the only ones who are allowed to use that word. Uh, C- not continue. the mood I was trying to set for this. Uh, yes, as, very as, important as a, discussion. I, I, just, I just sabotaged your whole. Now we're going to take a serious pivot. No, it's okay. Let's let's go in this. We'll be a little cash about it. I mean, look, Senator Warren. She wrote a di- giant diatribe about why she wants to break up Google. Facebook, Amazon, Apple. We're going to try and focus solely on the Google part because this is a Google-centric podcast. But obviously, the Facebook, Amazon, and Apple parts play into it too because, like, these are they're part of the big five. I mean, those are the kind of the big five we're thinking. And yes, Microsoft is probably part of that too. Um, <laughs> probably. Yahoo is saying, please try to break us up too. We it would make us it would really give our people a big shot in the arm if you said that we were so important and powerful that we needed to be broken up. Still have a nice campus. Uh, all right. So she outlined some policy plans that she had in a Medium post last Friday, which we are going to link to in the show notes. And it is literally entitled it's time to break up Amazon, Google, and Facebook. So she's going after those three in the headlines. So after about three paragraphs of just kind of explaining where she's coming from, uh, and by the way, one of my favorite lines in those first three paragraphs are, aren't we all (laughs) glad that now we have the option of using Google instead of being stuck with Bing? So she was referring to what happened with the Microsoft uh, antitrust case of the 90s and just kind of saying, like, because of what happened back then, we were able to open the doors for companies like Google and Facebook. And so, but I guess now we need to reel it all in. But so, yes, Senator Warren, I am glad that we are using Google and not Bing. Although Bing has also a similarly very nice interface, so let's not try and like, you know, crap on it because it's not a bad search <laughs> engine. I mean, come on, people. Uh, but okay, so she kind of starts, finally we get to the thesis of what she's trying to say. And um, politicians, they speak a lot. I mean, they have a lot to say. <laughs> so she goes, today's big tech companies have too much power, too much power over our economy, our society, and our democracy. They've bulldozed competition, used our private information for profit, and tilted the playing field against everyone else. And in the process, they have hurt small businesses and stifled innovation. Okay, so that's her thesis about the whole thing. This is what, this is how she feels about tech. She continues and she accuses companies of stifling competition on two bullet points. A, buying up companies, which she's referring to the fact that Google allegedly snuffed out a competing small search engine by demoting its content on its search algorithm. And it has favored its own restaurant ratings over those of Yelp, which if you've been reading about what's going on with Yelp, uh, there are statistics and I wish I had a link in front of me that Google is actually more active now for restaurant searches than Yelp has been, apparently. Apparently that's a thing. Uh, I should probably find a source to back that up. Because because Yelp, yeah, because, I mean, everybody knows that all the all the search results, all the Yelp results are either one star or right. five stars. And you're wondering how much each of those one stars reviews cost a competitor of Euro's Pizza in downtown Waltham, Massachusetts. Exactly. Are you making gyros or are you making pizza? Like, choose. You can't have both. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She also accuses companies of establishing proprietary marketplace, a la the iOS App Store, which is... We'll we'll get to that in a second, but I'm just already kind of like, okay, this, I don't know. I don't know about the IO. Okay. 
she also notes the growing lobbying power of huge tech companies in Washington, which uh, I, you know, I I agree. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's definitely it's, it's not a thing. Like there's zero good points here. Let's yeah, but but to be fair, we have lobbying all over the United States, and not just Washington. I mean. Yes, Washington's where a lot of this happens, but um, there's a lot of lobbying happening in every sector. So if we are going after tech, we should probably also go after energy and, you know, finance and all these other places. Uh, so she proposes a couple of actions. First, by passing. So this is, again, U.S. centric, I realize, but just like the the gray EU fine of 2018, this is an important this is going to be this is going to be something that is going to dominate the headlines because uh, it's 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 a big deal here in the U.S. So her action, some actions she's proposing is first by passing legislation that requires large tech platforms to be designated as, quote, platform utilities, unquote, and broken apart from any participant on that platform. These companies would be prohibited from owning both the platform utility and any participants of that platform, essentially kind of creating a distinction between like the quote unquote manager and then kind of like, so it's like Google can own Google, but it can't own the little pieces that it ties into. I'm trying to think of a better yeah. example so, yeah, that I, I can't mean, off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's saying this applies to any company with an annual global revenue of 25 billion or more. No big deal. Uh, the company I got that can, on me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, free what what dying freelance market? Uh, the company can be sued for violations by federal or state attorney generals, attorneys general, attorney generals, or individual. I was, I was very proud of that proper use of grammar in the show notes. By the way, yeah, I, 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 I was one I of those little it. grammar snots in in high school. Say, excuse me. It's not attorney generals, it's attorneys generals. I, see, I defaulted to attorney generals. You see, Mrs. Uh, Bellissimo, I got that right. I, I corrected Johnny. He was about, <laughs> I knew he was about to say attorney. I'm sorry, because I, I was a grammar snot when I was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company can also be sued by individual companies. Penalties include, quote, ill-gotten gains, unquote, and up to 5% of the company's annual global revenue. This is definitely an inspiration from the EU penalties. Again, told you this would all come into play. Uh, Amazon Marketplace, Google's Ad Exchange, and Google Search would be platform utilities under this law. Therefore, Amazon Marketplace and Basics, so the Amazon Basics stuff that you buy, like cords and... uh, microwaves <laughs> and Google's ad exchange and businesses on the exchange would be split apart. So Google search would have to be spun off as well. So this definitely, all right, let's, let's finish. The second action would be, she says, my administration would appoint regulators committed to reversing illegal and anti-competitive tech mergers. So the feds could basically make Google give back Waze, Nest, or even DoubleClick, all mentioned specifically in her post. So Senator Warren has done her research, uh, most definitely. So here's what uh, she says will change under under her leadership. Small businesses would have a fair shot to sell their products on Amazon without the fear of Amazon pushing them out of business. Google couldn't smother competitors by demoting their products on Google search. Facebook would face real pressure from Instagram and WhatsApp to improve their user experience and protect privacy. Tech entrepreneurs would have a fighting chance to compete against the tech giants. So now 
comes the part where Andy and I talk about what we think. So this, we just laid out Senator Warren's plans, which is basically to reel in the tech companies, break them up a little bit, create more individual pieces of them, and effectively regulate parts of them that would keep them sort of, uh, let's think about the metaphor as them being crate trained. <laughs> You're allowed to hang out in the house. <laughs> But at night, you're not allowed in mom and daddy's bed. Uh, you have to you have to go into the the crate that you were trained to be in. And that's effectively yeah. what Senator Warren is. <laughs> that's the metaphor I'm going with. Andy, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, so I've been uh, S- uh, Senator Warren has been uh, Massachusetts federal you know, na- uh, senator. You have for, more experience with her. Yeah, than and, I she, do. and she, she is wonderful. She is one of the few voices in the Senate who consistently has been defending little people against big companies and big organizations and big government. Uh, And so I've, uh, I've always been very, very impressed with her to take that fight. Even when, even during democratic presidential administrations where, Hey, look how big, look how big this economy is growing. And Hey, look how big these companies are growing. And Hey, look, American entrepreneurship and innovation. But she's always been the one to say, yeah, but you have when you have uh, diabetics who a can't get on insurance because of the unre- unregulated insurance industry and now have to find a way to pay $800 a month for insulin that they need to survive because of the largely unregulated excuse me consumer mm-hmm. unreg- unre- unregulated drug industry something needs to change and if it mm-hmm. inflicts a little pain on big business that's okay so i so she's not a nut and that's why we're just uh, I'm I wanted to make sure I discuss this rationally and not make any fun of anybody because if she if she's willing to go it shows she's if she's willing to go after even things that I like and even if I think that she's wrong sometimes I'm always very suspicious of any politician where every time I read something uh, one of their statements I think oh wow that's totally right she totally agrees with everything okay because but I am an idiot on so many different levels if she that means that either she's she's doesn't know more than I do or she's telling me things I want to hear so but that said yeah I don't think this is a uh, this is clearly a campaign sort of posturing document it wasn't post if you go to her official senate page it's nowhere there it's on a medium page and it's basically posted by her campaign as opposed to in her Senate office voice mm-hmm. sort of thing. But yeah, it's it's a terrible idea because I do think that she's she's using uh, examples of antitrust that are 25 years old yeah. in the case of Microsoft's and 100 years old uh, when it comes to like the old railroad and, uh, and energy and steel trusts. And they are not necessarily applicable today. Because oh, we're all in steel. Yeah, it's again the theme. The theme of this show does seem to be the damage that unrestricted, <laughs> entitled white guys. Are Listen, to do. we didn't plan it. It just happened because it's, hey, it's <laughs> where we're it's living the, in, baby. This, this podcast <laughs> is the product of our society, unfortunately. Yes, thank um, you all for being here. By the way, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, so but so basically the 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 trouble the, the problem that I have is that uh, mm-hmm. obviously there's um, uh, I don't think that Google is uh, a completely trustworthy company. I don't think any company is. Um, I don't so I don't have blind faith in them. However, I'm year after year as I continue to evaluate my relationship with Google and what I think Google's relationship with society is. I think that they have sort of a 
positive mutual relationship with their customers where uh, they are definitely harvesting information about all of its users. As a matter of fact, all the Internet's users, not just Google users. Uh, and uh, they could – every single topic related to privacy – needs to have better regulation, something better than none, which is what we have in this country right now. However, what Google does is that they make it a very, very positive transaction where the fact that they've got Google ads, the profits from Google ads empowers the ability to have Google Maps for free. And that has been life-changing technology for the entire world. It It means that they have Google Docs for free, which means that Every and Google Mail for free. And if you think about when you think about things that have never really been put into a Google press release, I, I always use the example of a, you should be going to a public library regularly anyway because libraries are awesome. But spend one afternoon just working at a table that is near the public internet uh, section uh, kiosks. You will see people who are. <laughs> you will see people who. Uh, are uh, without a job, sometimes without a home and without a job. And the fact that they get a free account on Google, a free mail account, means that they can apply for homes, they can apply for jobs, they can apply for government assistance, they can use Google Maps to get the places they need to go, they can use Google Search to find out that, oh, wow, I mean, the, the, fact, that, the fact that I was in the service in the early 1980s means that I'm entitled to these services or I'm entitled to these things that I didn't know about. This is the. Uh, these are not things that you can that Google I think would be able to do if ads were not part of this big ecosystem. It's one big bowl of Google, uh, where it's really where, where ad sales are kind of the heat that makes everything work. We wouldn't have the ability yeah. to, to to make a a really good eighty dollars smartphone without the Android operating system. Now we have the Chrome operating system that. Uh, um, Apple has wonderful things about it. it. I love Apple. I'm using Apple products for, right in front of me right now. But it's not accessible for yeah. most people. E- exactly. It's so it's it comes at such a primo price. It's like yeah. a it's the yeah. Google Google and the and and the ads that they sell. They're the reason why they can uh, schools can buy a $250 laptop that is very very good that runs software that they don't have to pay for and also Google Classroom software that they that has been developed specifically for education, even though there are extra extra limitations to what Google can do in terms of data collection. So what I'm saying is that it's the the fact that Google owns search doesn't and that Google also owns ads and also has services doesn't mean that these things need to be split apart. Uh, if it, and it doesn't necessarily mean that another company would be able to create. Uh, a a search product that does what Google Search does the same way that and as well as Google Search does it, like DuckDuckGo is on everybody's lips right now because it's an awesome search engine and the reason why that they have they are they're a real alternative uh, to uh, to Google Search is that they're saying we are the search engine that doesn't collect information about you, and they've been they've been thriving because of it. Now Bing has not been thriving because they are just an alternative to Google Search, which is one of the most sophisticated and useful pieces of software anywhere. So and and then you get into things like, yeah, it does kind of uh, if you're if you're making the argument that it's quashing small competing services, 
point number one is that a lot of these like the ways was created to be bought by a larger company. And that's so true of so many of these companies that are there are new startups. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Silicon Valley. The whole point. Why do you think startup culture is the way that it is? It's because the whole point is to get getting that money, money, money. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you if you put limits on acquisitions, do you think that Google doesn't have the resources to create a version of Waze itself and basically shut down this business? There's a there's a reason why in Silicon Valley there's this term Sherlocking. Uh, because because there used to be this wonderful uh, universal search app for the Mac called Watson, and mm-hmm. Apple, uh, Apple said, wow, that's a great uh, feature. We're going to copy it almost down to the user interface and integrate it into Mac OS and call it Sherlock, suspiciously. And now the company behind Watson is out of business. Um, and why fi- do we? Why are we still into Sherlock? Yeah, no, <laughs> he's no, such just, a jerk I'm, to Watson. Anyway, yeah. Um, no, you see, he's misunderstood. He's a damaged, damaged individual. He's like a a puppy with a lame leg. He's way too damaged. Anyway, <laughs> um, but he's played by Benedict Cumberbatch, so he's adorable. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> well, that's why he has to be good looking. Otherwise, we'd be very like not interested. Anyway. But anyway, and, and also a lot of these larger companies, they they sort of like enable the smaller companies or smaller entrepreneurs mm-hmm. like YouTube. There is a now there is a whole marketplace, so to speak, where anybody who yeah. wants to create, try to create a hit broadcasting show. They don't have to go to syndication. They don't have to pitch like a local station. All they need is a camera of some. All they need is a phone and they could start producing and making money off of YouTube and off of YouTube ads. Um, Amazon fulfillment, also the fact that the it's it's weird that uh, Barnes and Noble was once said that they're going to be they're putting out local they're they're putting local bookstores out of business. When yeah. now I don't know what the actual stats are, but there are a lot more books. Barnes and Noble is now struggling to find a reason to exist, whereas local all the local bookstores that I that I do business with a lot of their businesses. Now we are, we have a huge used book department and we sell our books through Amazon. So now if you're looking for a mm-hmm. book on Amazon, whether it's in print or out of print, that same search will turn up a, a listing for here's, here's our company. Here is where, so here's our price for selling it. All it's, you can use the one click atmosphere and environment for payments. We'll just get the order. We'll fulfill, we'll, we'll pay for it or we'll send it to Amazon and Amazon can give it to you with, with second day shipping. So what I'm saying is that it's a complicated issue that if you look at yeah. it strictly as here is the steel industry that got broken up a hundred years ago. And that's why big businesses are always stifle competition. It's difficult. Also, if, if we're, if we are using hundred year old, and now comparisons remember that the reason why AT&T was a monopoly until like 1980 was because at the beginning of the phone industry the government said okay we understand what this technology is we know that it will only be what it needs it will it will only become what it needs to be if there really is one company providing that's building out a national network of phone lines as opposed to a hundred different regional systems that don't connect with each other. So the government actually designated it as a government approved monopoly where they're saying, yes, it's definitely monopoly, but 
we're going to be cool with it for now until we decide that it's that's not cool at some point in the future. So if they do want to, if, if they do want to designate this things as 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 something new as a platform utility, we can possibly designate Google or some of its businesses as a government approved or government sanctioned monopoly. So it's complicated. A uh, government sanctioned monopoly. Yes. Just keep just keep the party pleased, comrade. Is, and oh. So so all I'm so <laughs> all uh, all I'm saying is that uh, it's really really important that we it, this is it, this is part of a really important uh, s- stage in the in technology's development where worldwide we're saying that for, as, since the mid '90s we have been letting tech companies grow unrestricted by regulation that was those that was awesome that was a great idea that says created such an important and powerful resource now that we now that we're in 2019 it's time to start looking at the entire system and figuring out where we need to sensibly regulate privacy is a much bigger thing it's much more important. And I'm not just talking about privacy for Facebook and Google mm-hmm. and Apple. I'm talking about ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, that can just buy license plate scan databases and use that to basically find wherever they want. They don't By have... the way, that company is based in the Bay Area. Of course. The one well, that's they're... making those. Yeah. And, yeah. Um... <laughs> But and and just uh, I, this could again this could be another hour so I'm gonna I'm gonna wind myself down again uh, but I'm, but I also want to make sure that I say that what uh, a lot of what uh, Elizabeth Warren is saying is very very sensible it's part of what we need to do to look at this stuff Spotify I think partly in using be, uh, uh, operating in the slipstream of all the press that this announcement is getting decided to become a lot more public about their complaints about Apple. Where and this and this is an example of where things do get kind of screwy. Where Apple has Apple Music, a paid subscription music service, and people can people it comes pre-installed on every iPhone and iOS device. And if someone wants to pay for a subscription, they, all they have to do is press a button within the app, and congratulations, you have now been moved from the free tier into the paid tier. Thank you very much. Here are your additional benefits. Whereas Spotify. Now, the fact that it doesn't come pre-installed, that's fine. I don't think people want a whole bunch of junkware pre-installed on their phones. The problem is that, number one, if if Spotify wants to have that same functionality, and remember, all their money comes from from converting a paid user, a free user into a paid user, they can have that magic button that says, hey, I know that now that you're sort of really, really excited about listening to Donna Summer tracks for uh, for three whole hours and you're and now you're, you're you've got so much endorphins that you don't care about the money anymore. Why don't you press this button right now and we can start charging you and give you all these bonus features? If they do, they have to pay Apple 30 percent of what that subscription fee is, whereas Apple does not have to pay itself 30%. Actually, okay, they're paying itself 100%, but you get the idea. And not only but not only that, but they are for Spotify is forbidden from just having a button that says, "Hey, why don't you why don't you pay for a, buy a subscription?" Uh, they, they can't wire in a button that takes you to the Spotify website and a sign up sign up page. They will that app will then be banned from the will be uh, not approved for the App Store if they do that. So that's the sort of thing that we need to keep an eye on, that uh, that is anti-competitive. There's no rational reason for Apple to deny Spotify doing that. And on top of that, n- having the specific example 
they should, if, if they do have a good, what they consider to be a good reason why you can't have an app that takes you to another web page that lets you just do one click uh, purchasing of a subscription, they at least need to say, you know what, it is weird that we have a paid service that we're not a lot for this. Well, well, our new policy is if it's a competitor to one of our paid services, we will not charge you 30%. So now the Comixology app and the Kindle app can also do in-app purchases. So all this stuff needs to be looked at, but I'm concerned that within all of this huge scrum to uh, get attention as one of the 30 Democratic—I think it's actually 19 uh, candidates for the the Democratic nomination. I'm concerned that this will get so much momentum that at some point it will be hard to—they'll have to one-up each other and say, well, I think Google should be nationalized. Like, oh, God. (laughs) Oh, we're going to we're going to have so much more to talk about this in the coming year. (laughs) So it's this is not the last time you'll hear us talk about it and just kind of bringing up some of the more apt examples of how this is manifesting. It's it's kind of ironic that this week of all weeks, uh, when when uh, Senator Warren is trying to talk about Google's absolute dominance, like this is the week that Google announced that oh by the way we're oh, excuse me that officially support for the Google Duo messaging platform is now allo allo I'm sorry I, see they have so many I keep getting them confused with Duo each other. is Duo's very is awesome it's okay. definitely android's it's android's answer to facetime 100 yep. um just fyi for anybody out there who hasn't used it yet try but and yeah, get everybody so, on it because i don't did, think they're killing that one <laughs> it, well it definitely didn't help them with google plus either <laughs> yeah exactly uh you know why don't we shift gears a little bit and actually talk about some of the things we are using android for <laughs> uh so you know Android Q, we got teased with this, with the fact that this was going to come out this week. And we were waiting and waiting and waiting. And then finally, yesterday, March 13th, um, so 313, Google announced or Google dropped the first Android Q beta. So sites like XDA developers and Android police, they've been steadily crawling through the beta, looking for all new features. kind of like offering their highlights. So we're just going to kind of read down a couple of them. You do not have to install the Android Q beta if you are not ready to install it. Um, You probably shouldn't at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've actually saw a couple of threads going around that like NFC isn't working. Yeah. Um, And this is just stuff that's coming out on Twitter. And I think more stuff is coming out now as people are like playing with this stuff. But let's give you a couple highlights just so you know kind of what's coming when Android Q, whatever it's going to be called, will be ready. Um, And by the way, everyone, just those who haven't been keeping track, this is the 10th major release of Android. (laughs) This is going to be the 10, the big 10. Uh, okay, so there aren't a lot of like huge new f- new features or interface changes kind of at this early stage, but there is support for folding phones. Now, this was announced last year, but you'll find it here just perfectly put in. <laughs> uh, support for folding phones, both types, where the unfolding reveals a second screen and where the unfolding expands the current screen. So that would fit in a device like the Samsung foldable phones and the Motorola supposed foldable phone that's coming out and the Xiaomi phones. Um, and I, 
I've already forgot who like announced phones, but there's so the, many the, of them. The, the other company, <laughs> the other company that like was the that yeah. Was it Huawei? Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. I can't. I know. I know there was a. Uh, it was uh, Huawei and uh, Huawei and Samsung. Uh, but one Huawei has the Audi. Excuse me. Has right. has the Audi. Uh, Samsung has Samsung the Samsung has the Innie. There, right. There was, a, there was a third company that that had something at CES that was clearly a. <laughs> it's like and just, like in the first like the f- last week in December. It's like a team at the company got a, got a FedEx package containing the first folding LCD screen off a production line and a whole bag of amphetamines saying, <laughs> CES is in 11 days. We need you to build us a folding phone <laughs> so long as it lights up and we can demonstrate it so we can get the press release going. That'd be great. I just so love this visual of like <laughs> this black market drug trade. That's all. Anyway, anyway. Uh, okay, back to Android Q. <laughs> um, so Android Q also includes enhanced and enhanced privacy. Kind of, kind of the keynote of the release. I mean, they really want to hone in on this because obviously Apple's been using it as a as a soft point for some or as a as a. <laughs> as a negative for so many years. Um, So one of the new privacy features is the ability to only let an app access location when you're using it, which makes it harder for the app to identify your device without permission. Sandboxing certain data on external storage is also another uh, privacy feature. There's a lot of like these little things that have been added that to a regular old, I shouldn't say regular old. I actually, I don't want to classify I don't want to classify techie people and non-techie people as like regular and not regular because I think we need to stop putting that oh, idea tech into the like world. Oh, people like me are very irregular. That's okay. No, but that's <laughs> but for different I understand. for different I, I, reasons, Andy. Sorry. Not because you're into tech. <laughs> I know what you're getting. At. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> because because I want us to normalize the idea that everybody is like tech exactly. is not a. So anyway, just a side note. Uh, so. The this stuff will be very incremental, very incremental for everyday users, I should say, versus the more technically focused users will not notice it as as quickly. But overall, it's going to be a a good thing for users because it will basically keep apps from doing things in the background when you think they aren't doing them. (laughs) So they're actually not doing them when you think they're not doing them. It's 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 cool, particularly that they're even in this early release. Google is aware of tricks that marketers use, yeah. like, like like the stuff where it's, well, it used to be well, if if an app wants to know like what kind of camera is on this device and all the like technical details, well, there's no harm in that. And now they know. Well, the harm is that they're trying to get around. They're trying to basically fingerprint the device by its features. And oh, okay, what a bunch of bastards. Okay, guess what, everybody, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and of course, I'm sure the Google Rewards app is going to continue to refresh <laughs> in the background because you need that permission for it to know where you've been shopping so it can ask you, do you have your receipt? Would you mind uploading a copy of your receipt? No, I don't keep the receipts. I literally throw them away the minute I get to the car. Okay. <clears throat> uh, other highlights of Android Q. You're still feeling the, a lot of pain from last night. Stop blaming yourself. It's a I mistake know. that... I just, I just, I feel bad for the way I acted. Anyway, um, now you, now you all know how I am personally. Uh, okay, so. which is wonderful. We all know that you're wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, 
Uh, this is a thing I'm excited about because I like to use the sharing sheet and I get really annoyed when it repopulates because you'll tap on something and then you realize, oh, wait, the screen wasn't actually ready for you to tap on it. So the sharing sheet no longer will slow down to repopulate itself every time it's opened. Um, I haven't tried this, but I'm sure there'll be a, a GIF up or something of it soon to kind of show how this works. I hope it is as yeah. I hope it is a better experience because it kind of sucks to have that sharing that sharing screen be so finicky because then it's like, well, what is this is the whole reason I like to use Android is because yeah. it gives me a little sharing sheet. Speaking of speaking of reasons we yes. like Android, I hope that they for the when they update the sharing sheet, they steal an idea from iOS uh -huh. uh, where iOS realizes that there are f maybe 40 apps on your phone that you can share a photo with, but we appreciate that maybe you only actually use share through three of those. So tell you what, we're just going to, we're going to let you find those other, those other 40, but we're just going to put the icons for the four you use most regularly yeah. up front and center. And if you want to reorganize them and to actually drag it so that mm -hmm. Instagram is the first one on the list or so that Lightroom is the first one that exists. It's, I, I can't tell you how many times I've got a photo and I really just want to put it into Lightroom, or I just want to share it with Instagram, and now I have to see every photo app that I've ever installed on and this scroll. thing instead. It's 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 a bummer. And also, the share sheet does this thing where it populates who it thinks you're going to send it to, and it's always like the last person I emailed, which is like the, the last person I emailed is like a client. I'm not gonna send them yeah. this dumb meme. <laughs> Look at my meme. By the way, I know I owe you something and I haven't talked to you in three days, but I've been looking at memes this entire time. The, re the reason why I, 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 I sent you that sh that selfie of me like in the shower with the towels wrapped around myself is that I'm making sure that your manuscript is as clean as possible of factual errors and it's, typos. It's my self-care. It's part of my process <laughs> before I can actually get started on the work that you're paying me to do. But also I'm billing you for these hours. Thanks. <laughs> the shower's on you. Uh, I, I promise you, us freelancers, we're not that bad. <laughs> um, here's a neat thing that's coming in Android Q. This is kind of the equivalent of uh, having an automated um, automatic door where you just kind of give somebody their own code and they just kind of get into your house without knowing the actual code to your house. Um, you can let someone use your Wi-Fi network without giving them your Wi-Fi password. So the phone can create a QR code for them to scan. Uh, I love this idea because last week I had folks over, I mean, Okay, they were my godson's parents, so it's okay if I give them the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> like I can trust them. And just to just to bring it back, I have the Wi-Fi password to not only their house in America, but also their house in Romania. So that's like, <laughs> you know, let's let's share here. Okay, that's fine. But had it not been people that I like am, you know, connected to through God, uh, <laughs> I would want to give them a barcode because, like, I don't know who you are. We're not connected by spirituality. Well, you, or you, by you've, any you've, you've, trust, you've trusted me with the soul of your child. Right. I the least guess I, can, I do. can give you guest access to my Wi-Fi, but no, no bit torrenting, please. I didn't even give him guest access. I gave him full <laughs> access. But anyway, I like this. I really like this idea, and I like the idea of something that would cancel after they leave yeah. so that next time they come back. Cause I want to know if you're getting on the Wi-Fi. Uh, you, Andy put a little note in here. If it works on printed paper. So no, see, I, I was wondering if it works on printed paper. 
So that like if you right, got right, right. right. So if you got like an Airbnb or something, can you just like here is a scan this laminated card or right. That is a good question. I was going to bring it up because I just wanted to brag that I have a one of those receipt printers uh. that I just print stupid stuff on. I don't actually use it for anything. Like I just print memes in black and white and then like paste them everywhere because I'm 12 and <laughs> pretend I have a zine. Uh, but I was thinking this would be a good idea where I could just print out a barcode and be like, here, scan this. Welcome <laughs> to my high tech house. I have a light printer or a, whatever it's called. <laughs> heat printer whatever andy you also love to note that you love this little thing and i saw a couple folks from android police actually uh tweeting about it this morning when i got up not that i checked twitter first thing in the morning it the little bell icon next to the notification that made the latest alert sound so this is great because it goes away after a minute so you're not going to be falsely told that it's something that you should check immediately or that it was the last thing sent but i like it you're right. It's like a good little indicator to let you know, like, because sometimes you will get a double notification. This happens to me on WhatsApp too, because if I don't mark a message as read on WhatsApp, it'll send me the last message that we had, not the newest message. And so I'm like, okay, well, what are you actually saying? Cause I don't see. So this will be. Yeah. It's well, it's, it's a, it's a bandaid for a regular pain of mine where I'll hear my phone trill on the other side of the room Mm -hmm. and then I'll pick it up right away and I can't and I'll flip open notifications and I've seen all those notifications before like what what just wanted my attention for whatever reason and the the ability the ability to simply have here is a here is this is definitely the one you you last heard is it's at least a, a step in the right direction when i first heard it described i thought it meant that there was like a static bell icon that says whatever was the last notification tap on this bell and it will show you what that notification was but this is fine too and it's a uh, there's a good chance to kind of like single out android police android police is doing a really good job in that they're they clearly have a team of people that are just tearing through this thing and every time they find something new they just write like a four sentence and a screenshot blog post that says hey look look what we just found so it's like whereas the stuff a lot of a lot of other sites are kind of either doing a roundup or they say oh well that's not important enough to write about site no 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 android police whatever it is i want to i want to know So I'm sorry. I just wanted to look up very quickly. You will need a Pixel phone to run the Android Q beta. Any model will work, including the original Pixel and Pixel XL, the one that was was released in 2016. If you still have one kicking around, Andy, don't you have one kicking around? Of course, I've got the. I'm still. I'm still using it. Still loving it. And the reason why I was budget. (laughs) The reason why I'm double like expecting them going to have to like buy the the Pixel 4 this year is that this is uh, this is the excuse me Android uh Pi is the last version of Android that uh, that uh, Google has promised mm-hmm. will run on the Pixel 1. So the fact that the beta of Q runs on the first generation Pixel gives me at least temporary hope that they say, well, we didn't promise you that Android Q would right. run on this, but we're let, we're making Android Q run at it anyway, because it would be, it would be a shame. I, I'm sure that Android, Android P will work fine for the next couple of years, at least, because this isn't like iOS where 
there's such a there, all of the new security, all of the new services, all of the new features are delivered exclusively through a new version of the OS. Remember, that's all a lot of it is just through Google Play Store uh, updates. So it'll be okay, but because I'm a hip, cool, happening fool. I like to be able to run the latest. For, oh, excuse me. I, I'm a respected industry professional and mm-hmm. NPR broadcaster. It means that I must be running the latest and the greatest at all times. But yeah, it's, it's got it's got me kind of excited. Andy, I'm so glad you're putting your radio voice to work. <laughs> Just a, an <laughs> See, aside is, note. Both, both you and I have the same like pop filter on our microphones, but and, and basically it's like a it's like a screen that sits like three inches like above the head of the microphone. And the thing is, like, for to do the NPR voice, I think you need you to get really, close really to need to have your lips directly on the grill of the microphone. I know our editor Jim really appreciates it when we do these sort of stunts on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I, you know, okay, you want to go check out Android Q? Go check it out. Uh, uh, de- definitely, I'm, yeah, definitely not unless if you have a if yeah. you repl- if you have an older if you have two Pixel phones like you you bought the Pixel yeah. three but you still got the Pixel one in a drawer. Put it on the Pixel one; it'll be I fun. I just remembered I still have my Pixel two. I should put it on the Pixel two. I should go do that. I'm yes. going to do that today. Everyone. I'll 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 continue the podcast for three four hours while you install it, and then you can come back. Okay. And we don't have to wait. A well, week. I got to go to Best Buy first and pick up my oh, watch. There you go. <laughs> it's waiting for me there. Well, I hope that, well, I don't run into the same sales associate because I feel really bad. <laughs> I still feel really bad. And make sure, if you do, make sure you do the totally entitled thing. Like yeah. if it's the same, you just slammed out there. See, there. I told you I was him. <laughs> That's it. Hand up to her face. I wish to speak to your manager right away. <laughs> I had to pay bridge toll twice to get this. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so it's so it's it's cool to play with. Realize that though, it, uh, when Google releases particularly any beta, particularly the very first beta, it is not <laughs> with any expectation that you will have a what you consider to be a functioning phone at the end of the install, right. because basic things including phone functions might stop working due to a bug that's why it's an unreleased product but it's cool if you have a second one to it's exciting to be able to sort of like shake your wrapped christmas presents a little under the tree before you get to open it on december 25 or december 24 if you're one of those i think is it the catholics that wait till the 25th and the protestants that can open them the 24th i don't know it's a yeah i have to wait till the 25th and apparently we're bundled with the catholic church there's definitely there's definitely a cultural divide there yep yeah wait a whole night uh anyway andy do you want to um do you want to lead us off uh with a little pi day celebration before we close out the podcast because i had like a i had an obligation yesterday wednesday our regular uh show day and we're going to record that later that night but uh flo had her little adventure we decided rather than both of us being like knocked out and exhausted let's wait until the 14th but it means that we get to record on pi day yay 314 which Unlike Talk Like a Pirate Day has only become more deeply ingrained and more important every single year. Uh, And uh, so Google decided to sit on this announcement until Pi Day, obviously, uh, because uh, Emma Haruka Wow. Uh, I hope that I'm pronouncing uh, I'm pronouncing your last name correct, uh, correctly, Emma. 
Uh, as a, I want to, I want to make a note that whenever there's a name that I don't know how to pronounce, I always do a search for like YouTube videos to see somebody pronouncing it. I was really excited when just 10 minutes before showtime, I said, Oh, wow. It's actually on the Google developer blog that she like actually talks about her research and I bet there'll be a car to say, hi, I'm Emma Haruka. Wow. And this is like, and she's, so there's, she appears Then there's a sub caption, Emma Haruka. Wow. Google. And she says, hi, I'm Emma. And I just like, but anyway, Emma did something really cool. Uh, she set a brand new record for calculating pi to the most places. Uh, she works in Seattle as a cloud developer advocate at Google. Her Twitter page uh, self-identifies herself as a, quote, neutral good with lawful evil traits, which is exactly <laughs> what you want in a developer. Uh, no, 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 no joke. Uh, so she calculated pi to 31 trillion, 415 billion, 926 million, 535,896 digits. And I'm going to pause because some of you are laughing so hard, you're not going to hear what I say next. So let's just, I'm just going to talk for a little bit. Yes, of course, that's the first 14 digits of pi. Uh, uh, thus smashing the previous record of 22,459,157,718,361 digits. Uh, and that record was set in 2016. Uh, by Peter Trobe. Again, Peter, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly, T-R-U-E-B. Uh, so, uh, and so uh, Google is justifiably proud partially because uh, it's one of their own employees that uh, set this record. Mm -hmm. But also, of course, she used Google technology. Uh, she used uh, course, Google Cloud Services, she uh, calculated it on 25 virtual machines. Uh, the calculation took 121 days. Uh, Peter's record, she, he actually used a single computer, obviously a highly customized yeah. uh, uh, computer, but a conventional, like actual, you could have your cat sleep on top of it type of computer. Uh, it's a with, Yes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but, but that's pretty cool. And I, li I like the fact that there are pe still people who are trying for records like that. It's not, mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that if you go uh, do a Google search, or I'm sorry, a Bing search, you want to make sure that we're not uh, <laughs> underscoring anyone. No monopolies monopoly. on this podcast. Uh, so, so uh, but there's a, it's a good opportunity to teach everybody about uh, little kids about what pi is, but also about, well, here's why pi is an important number and all the calculations it's based on. Now, to be honest, the fact that uh, this is, he, that uh, she found uh, nine trillion more digits than uh, than Peter did doesn't make it more useful. I just, I like the fact that it is like, when anybody, when anybody breaks like the egg and spoon distance record, I like that <laughs> because it's because it's uh, the, the the fact that we already had a calculation of pi that was useful for anything we want to use it for that now makes this into a heroic record. It means that there's someone who is, is that is just really really interested in this calculation and really really obsessed mm -hmm. with this and that sort of determination is absolutely wonderful to observe. Uh, and there are people who are just really really interested in calculations of this number, where now you have to, not only do you have to come up with a new computational strategy, but you have to continue to refine algorithms. Uh, I, other thing, details that are coming up, like I did not realize that uh, you needed like, like 140 terabytes of storage for all of the data that you're crunching to make this happen. Um, I've, uh, it's another That's reminder. That's how big pie is. There you go. I'm going to have a big pie later on as justification for... <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether I'm going to go to the good bakery and actually buy a fruit pie, or whether I'm going to buy a pizza tonight. But uh, there's definitely going to be pie in my uh, in my future tonight. But yeah, I mean, there there it's. Uh, uh, so, sorry, I I got so distracted thinking about lemon meringue. I have not had sorry. lemon meringue pie made with real lemon. No, no, no. It's it's me. I was distracted by like now I kind of really really want a lemon meringue pie, and I don't know, I don't know which bakery will have one. But anyway, uh, so I forgot where I was going with that. But uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, it's always great to see the people who have that as a hobby, who are fascinated by something that few other people are fascinated mm-hmm. by, uh, and who keep thinking about these things. Uh, and Emma sounds like one of these really, really awesome engineers. Where when I meet them at a trade show, I hope that a couple of her friends comes in and joins the conversation as we're standing after her talk, and says that, "Oh, oh, Emma, like we're going to go to that bar." And then someone in the group says, hey, Andy, you want to come with us? Because I would love to – someone I would love to hang with because in addition to being – publicizing that she's neutral good with lawful evil traits, I would I, – I have an intersection with that definition as well. Uh, she, <laughs> so basically, uh, she's – I would love to hear her talk for two hours about pie. I hope that there's a, a Google video where she just talks about pie for an hour or two. Uh, because uh, I've been a, f- a fan of Pi, but I don't understand very much about how the calculations work. And I bet that someone passionate about this who's been focused mm-hmm. on this could really make something interesting about this. Happy Pi Day, everyone. Andy's going to have a pie today. I don't know if I'm going to have a pie today, uh, but we definitely both appreciate you joining us for this podcast today. Mm. Andy, 3.14159265358975 times as much as we normally do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Andy, do you have anything that you want to leave us with before we we leave? Be good to each other. Uh, mindfulness is such an important thing. No, we were talking beforehand about how my mindfulness is important, but the people who usually want to stop to you and talk to you about how mindful they've become. Yes. It's... The thing, it's the my thing, fault. I was telling Andy no, about no, it. No, 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 no. I was, I was, she, I was talking to her. I was, I was making a joke with her. She didn't. No, didn't I know. Up. But we had this conversation about usually the people who talk about how much better their life has become since I've taken that those ten minutes a day with the uh, with the assistance of my paid mindfulness doula mm-hmm. that I hired three months ago to just center myself. And the people who really, really need the benefits of mindfulness are people who have neither the money nor the 10 minutes of a day <laughs> to actually focus on mindfulness. So, yes, I was making a joke that I've now laboriously explained to all of you. Uh, so uh, I'm going to be on uh, NPR again on uh, Boston NPR on Friday. Certainly, go- And because uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren is our, our Commonwealth senator. Uh, we're certainly going to be talking a lot about that. So hopefully, yeah. thank you, thank you for listeners for beta testing <laughs> a lot of what I'm probably going to be talking about tomorrow. Uh, I'm sure we'll also be able to talk about how evil Facebook is. That that is unfortunately sure. the recurring topic. There is I I'm now at the I'm now at the point where I'm I I come up with I've got like at least 13 topics that I collect over the course of the week, and I spend like the day before like producing the show doc mm-hmm. for this. Uh, for uh, for NPR uh, and thinking that are we really going to have another conversation about the, another evil thing that yes. Facebook has, or stupid thing? And because uh, uh, it's like I, I understand what the fit, what they what what the fatigue for political reporters is about. It's like mm-hmm. I want to write about something else yeah. other than the stupid 
stupid thing that he said today. Yeah, I, I know. really want to talk about something. But so uh, this and other uh, flavorites will be happening on Friday. Uh, go to wgbhnews.org uh, at around 1230 if you want to stream it live. They usually have the show archived uh, later in the day if you want to listen to it later on. Thank you, Andy. And thank you for being here with me today. <laughs> I mean, that's sincerely. I just... <laughs> It's, it's been a lovely game between the two of us today. Yes. Uh, as for me, I'm just I'm just doing stuff. Uh, I'm I'm just working, just not working on anything public facing. But you can <laughs> you can just follow me at florenceion.com. Uh, I have I am private on Twitter for right now. I'm taking a little break, uh, but I'll be back. I'll be back as more birds are chirping around the United States right mm-hmm. now. Um, they're slowly coming out of the woodworks here on the West Coast. Oh, so yeah. I'm waiting. I'm I was, waiting I, for. I was so excited and dis- I was excited and disappointed because I thought I heard birds. There's like trees right outside my office window. I'm talking like ten feet away. Uh-huh. And I thought that oh look the birdies are back the birdies are back. It was actually my uh, the I was listening to TV through really good speakers and like oh okay but spring is wow. coming spring is coming spring is coming yes Yay! exactly which is a good time to just. Sit and be mindful <laughs> Well, what's happening in life. Uh, next week, Andy and I are going to talk about a little more uh, Google Gaming stuff since next week is GDC here in San Francisco. And Google is hosting a big keynote and there's a big announcement happening next Tuesday. And so come back here next week. We will have a rundown of what's going on, a little bit of analysis. Andy and I will be looking forward to talking to you. I was trying to think of something else to say. And I was looking forward to talking to you about games. Doubly looking forward to like pre-ordering whatever game console Google is announcing, knowing that it's a business expense. It's research. It's tax deductible. Yeah, exactly. And uh, (laughs) plus, I need somebody to explain to me why I'd want this over a Switch. Anyway, (laughs) that's next week. Uh, In the meantime, if you would like to become a member of the Real FM Network, where we are thankfully a part of a beautiful family, uh, you can go to relay.fm slash material, support our show. Your support also helps support other shows on the network, and you get to become a cool member and get like cool member perks. Mm. And uh, also, you get access to bonus episodes when they become available. So that's a thing. Like the, th- I noticed that a very round number is coming up. We're yes. on episode 194. Six weeks. We're going to be kind of excited about episode 200. We've already Mm -hmm. started making plans for special stuff we're going to be doing then. Mm -hmm. And perhaps you'll see some fresh content from us for members. But we love you even even if you're not a member. Yes, exactly. Uh, So until next week, don't install Android Q on your main phone. (laughs) And have a great week, everybody. (laughs) 